welcome to Press Church. My name is Jason Allison, the pastor of Spiritual Formation. We have our e-bulletin available online with links to our connect form and website. You can access this by opening the camera app on your iPhone or your Android device and pointing it at the QR code on the screen. If you're new with us today, we are so glad that you've joined us. Please connect with us by going to presschurch.tv or by snapping the QR code with your device and clicking on the I'm new link. This is not a commitment to anything, but an opportunity for us to support you. And thank you for joining us. Press Youth will be meeting this Thursday at 7 p.m. at our Powell campus. This is a time for our youth to connect with each other and learn more about God. Every Wednesday at noon, we release a midweek where the pastors discuss spiritual questions with each other. If you have any questions you would like them to dig into, please email us at info at presschurch.tv. If you would like to join Press Church in making a difference in this community, there are four ways that you can support us financially. If you're visiting a campus in person, there's a box by the back exit of the worship center where you can drop your support as you leave. If you would prefer to send a check, please send it to 8794 Big Bear Avenue, Powell, Ohio, 43065. The easiest way to give is by visiting our website or by texting any amount to the number 84321. Let's celebrate everything God has given us and support the community both locally and globally. Now, let's prepare to engage what God has for us today. Good morning, and thank you for joining us today. My name is Sean Lee, and I'm the lead pastor here. For those of you joining us online, uh, welcome as well. We're so glad to have you. Uh, it felt weird not being in person last week. Did anybody else feel that? It's, it feels like it's been a long since I've seen you, so it's so good to see you in person again uh, and see all your smiling faces, right? We're all happy today. Even with the rain and the grossness, we're here. God is still good. So uh, in Psalms, we see David... Uh, thanking God that he is fearfully and wonderfully made. How many of us get up in a morning and thank God of how we are fearfully and wonderfully made? <laughs> I hear chuckles. <laughs> thank you, God, for this aching back of mine. Thank you for these things that you've, <laughs> for coffee. Yes, thank you for coffee. But how often do we feel that way? How, how often are we actually thanking God for how we are made. Do we feel that way? Do you feel like you are fearfully and wonderfully made? I think if we're honest, uh, most of us ask the opposite, like, God, why did you make me this way? Why am I like this? Why is my nose so big? Why is my leg so short? Why, are, why is my hair this color? Why are my eyes this color? It, it's, it's not th being thankful for how Wonderful we made, wonderfully we're made, it's usually, God, why did you make me like this? And if you look into those words, fearfully and wonderfully made, if you look at fearfully, it talks about with great reverence and respect. And if you think of wonderfully, it talks about uniqueness and being set apart. I want you to do something today. I want you to, I want you to look at your neighbor and say, you're special. 
Now you look at your neighbor and say, I'm special. <laughs> you guys are special. God has fearfully and wonderfully made each of us. I think a lot of times we miss just how special we are, just how wonderful we are. And so today, uh, we're going to talk about our giftings, our specialness, the things that God has put in each of us that is unique to us and how it plays in our community together. So Pastor CR, Pastor Jason, and myself, we hopped in the car and we started to talk about this, the gifts, the uniqueness, the specialness of each of us. So let's take a look at this video. live with a spouse who has a very different Myers-Briggs than you, which statistically is you the do. case, yes. right? Yes. Then it's important to appreciate what your partner brings to the table. <laughs> but, you know, sometimes we don't do that. <laughs> because they're not like us. <laughs> right. If they were like us, they would get it. I don't know. <laughs> right. It's important to appreciate differences. Yes. And it, it, because if you can appreciate the differences, then you can understand the value of what each person has been gifted with. Right. And right. Uh, until you can do that, then you have a very narrow right. perspective, yeah. Oh, yeah. On, especially on community. Yeah. Because oh, that's yeah. what community is all about. Right. True. Well, and we, we get to the comparison game. Mm-hmm. I think that's a that's a huge thing where well I don't do that as good as that person so I must not be right good yeah or I'm not good enough so right I can never do it you know I can never teach as good as that person so why am I teaching right there are so many traps and pitfalls uh, when trying to appreciate and also understand that you personally matter right like you have yeah, a right. special right gift right yeah. and so the trap is uh, I don't understand my gift in relation to other people mm. or I don't understand uh, what it is that I could possibly bring to the table because I view myself as you know inadequate right. or I think I'm the best right. yeah no one can do it as good as me right. yeah. so and those are all terrible yeah right yeah. yeah we would be a terrible group therapy group the would three we? of us. <laughs> yeah. No, we wouldn't. <laughs> we'd do great. I don't know. I think I would have to evaluate that in comparison we, with others. Yeah. <laughs> That's, yeah, there you go. We'll compare to yeah. these people. There's we're, three different perspectives. We're killing it. In, I know. We'd in be real terrible, time. Sean. Oh, we'd be great. Right. See, our, I'd have to compare it. <laughs> right. <laughs> our personalities coming out. Yeah, you are special. You, you have something... In you, God made you a certain way. We talk about, I brought it up, uh, our mission statement, or our vision statement with, um, to embrace our identity in Christ. Um, when you embrace your identity in Christ, you do understand the value that you have because of God, because of Jesus and what he's done for you. First and foremost, like, mm. he loved you enough to die for you, to, to give up everything, to sacrifice. Right, right. So, you are loved but he's also, and you can see this all through scripture, he's also given you specific uh, tools, specific gifts uh, for this world, for this life. Um, and I don't have all of them, you don't have all of them, you don't have all of them. It's only in community, it's only in being together that we fully use and fully acknowledge uh, the gifts that we have. Yeah, it's, it's freeing to know that my 
value is not tied to what I produce, but tied to what God says about me. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's that's a key, you know, not what you produce, because I think a lot of us, we see uh, gifts that God has given us, and then it's, it's not the... It's not God we look to, it's our gifts that we look to, and mm-hmm. we're defined by that, right? Yeah, when your gifts validate you, it's a problem. When God is your validation, then your gifts are truly become gifts, gifts that you have that you give. Mm. It's kind of like, you know, Abraham, they say, you know, he was blessed to be a blessing. Yeah. Yeah, we are blessed to be a blessing. That's a powerful and important distinction. We call them gifts. Yeah. What do you do with gifts? Yep. Do you keep the gifts to yourself? Right. Or do you give away gifts? There's some gifts I wish I kept for myself. Well, of course, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what? We bought them that? I want that. I find that sometimes when I, I've gotten the kids stuff for Christmas, it's like, oh man, I would have really <laughs> wanted yeah. this thing, right? But there's such joy when you give that gift away, you know? Yeah. Of course, then you're always angry when it isn't used the way you feel it should be used. But you're you're just wasting it. You know what? Think about God. Yeah, I was was just about to say. You're watching us squander them. Right. Barely using them. Barely, you know, seeing the potential that they would have. Or twist them for our own pleasure, our own. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's nothing worse than you give, even you give your kids something and it's special and they're playing with it, but they won't share it with their siblings. Right. Right? right. And that's what we do. Yeah. Right? And, and and that's tragic. Yeah. All right. Good stuff. All right. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. You've been given a gift and that gift is best used in community. You've been given a gift and that gift is best used in community. That's gonna be our core today, that we all have gifts and those are best used in community. If you have your Bibles with you, uh, go ahead and turn to 1 Corinthians. Uh, I'm gonna be in chapter 12, but to give you a little bit of, of context here, 1 Corinthians, um, it was, Paul was speaking to the Corinth, the church of Corinth. And this is a very diverse city. It's a major port city, a big economic uh, town, lots of different religions. There's temples for Greek gods and Roman gods and all these different things, very diverse. And so this is who Paul is speaking to. And in 1 Corinthians, he's addressing some issues throughout the letter, a handful of different issues, but we're gonna focus on this. We're gonna focus on him addressing unity and using our gifts. And they're in the same chapter and he's focusing on both being unified and using your gifts. So 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is where we're going to start, verse 12 through 14. It says this, the human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So so it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we are all the same spirit. I want you to write this down. We are called to unity, not uniformity. We are called to unity, not uniformity. Diversity should not threaten unity in the body of Christ. But how often, how often are we in that space where we're comparing? I was talking about comparing in the video. Well, they're different than us. You're different than me. You 
worship different or you like different things. And because of that, we start to do what? We spread apart, we divide, we don't unify. In these verses, Paul's using a metaphor. He's using a metaphor about uh, the body of Christ being like our physical bodies. He's saying that each piece, each part is important in the whole. We can see that in the, he says, if the foot would say, because I am not a hand, I am not a part of the body. Or he talked about, if the eye said to the hand, I do not need you. If we were to pick the, the best part of the body, what would it be? Like, I want to be an arm or a, a foot, or not a foot, you wouldn't want to be a foot. Maybe the legs, or maybe, right? Or maybe the eyes, I want to be the eyes. Like, what, what's like the best part that did you, I would want to be that part of the body. What's the worst? What's the part of the body you would not want to be? Maybe like toenails or something? Hey, they're important. Everyone's saying, ooh, think about it. If you didn't have toenails, that would be bad. You'd be like a pinky toe or something. Again, very important. I actually looked that up. I said, I, I looked up on Google. I Googled, what's the most underrated part of the body? And what's funny though is in that, and, and you know, you get some different Reddit things, and th you know, it's, it's just funny how people, the, the trails they go on these most underrated parts of the body. But most of the things they said were parts of the body that we don't see. It's usually some sort of internal organ. You know, how, how many of us would like to be a part of the excretory system, right? The liver, you know what the liver does? You get to regulate chemicals in the body and you excrete bile. Who wants to be the liver? But what happens if you don't have a liver? You're in trouble. Now I'm not saying, I mean, follow me. I'm not saying, I mean, some of us are livers, you know? We're just gonna be that thing that isn't seen and maybe does the dirty work, but guess what? If it's not done, we're in trouble. We have a tendency to, be, to wanna be seen, right? They were saying the underrated things are all these internal things. We want to be seen. We want to be known. We want to be the guy on stage. We value those things in our society. The things that are valued in our society are not the things that are hidden away. It's the things that are seen. It's out in front. And that's what our priority is. And so a lot of us, we will then compare ourselves to that, that image. I have to be that. I have to be like that pastor. I have to be like that person who's in the spotlight. Or I have to be like that, and, and we're missing it. We're potentially missing the important elements that we in ourselves carry and the important part of how we play into the body of Christ. In 1 Corinthians 12, this is further into the chapter, Paul says this, but God has put the body together, giving great honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. Never underestimate your importance. Each one of us has something unique that God has given us. And I joked about it, you know, in the beginning of the sermon of being fearfully and wonderfully made. We don't feel like that. If I'm honest, I think more about the things that I lack than the things that I'm good at. I think most of us are probably like that. I mean, there may be people who say, oh, no, they're full of themselves. They don't think like that. Ah, they probably think about themselves like that. They're putting on a persona to make you think they're cooler than they are, or stronger than they are, when deep down we all have the same issue of wanting to be 
useful and desired and belonging. Those are things that we want. And I think we miss, we miss our peace in the big puzzle. We miss our peace in the body of Christ, usually because we want something else or we're comparing it to something else. So I want us to remember our vision statement. I said it in the video. To help people embrace their identity in Christ. As our vision statement here at Press, we're going to continue to say it. Hopefully you'll get sick of it until you know it. To help you embrace your identity in Christ. What do we tend to put our identity in? If I was going to, if you, if you go and like ask, what, what do you put your identity in? Usually it's what? What we do. Maybe your job. But it's what you do. Think about it. It's the first question you ask when you meet somebody. What do you do? And now that's our worth. Our worth is what do you do? And now if you have a job that you're really thankful for, you're like, well, you know, I'm CEO for this company and, you know, we, you know we're awesome. Now that's great. And, oh, you know, we'll be really impressed. Oh, you're, you're important. You're special. What happens if you ask that for someone who's like in between jobs? What do they say? Well, you know, I, I don't really, I, you know, I'm looking for a job. And, I, and all of a sudden, it's like their self-worth has been minimized to nothing over asking them what they do. What if we ask the question, who are you? <laughs> who are you? What would happen? We'd probably go to, well, I'm, I'm Sean and I'm a pastor at a church. You know, we go to that. We go to that what we do. And it's so ingrained in us, what we do. And when we find our identity in Christ, it's not about what you do. It's about whose you are. You are Christ's. But yet we continue to fall in this trap of, well, this is what I do. Our identity is not found in our gifting. Some of those special things that God has given you, are, that is not your identity. Your identity is a child of God who is loved by God. Your gifting is something that God has given you, that God has equipped you with to give him glory. Our identity should be in Christ, in Christ alone. You know what's funny about a gift? It's something you were given, but yet we take that and, and pump ourselves up. Like it makes you important. It'd be like me giving my, my kid, you know, a gift and then them going around and thinking they're better than everyone else in the neighborhood because of it. It's like, <laughs> I can take that right back, excuse me. But we take these gifts, these things that are from God, nothing that we've done, it's by grace that God gives us these gifts and we make ourselves important because of it. Paul repeatedly states that gifts are not given by individual merit, but by God. Nothing you did earned that, that is by God's grace. And so they're not to be used as some status symbol or some hierarchy of where you are in the church world or in culture or whatever. They're gifts to be used for good and for God. In 1 Corinthians, we're still in chapter 12, earlier in the text, verse 4, he's talking about different spiritual gifts. He says this, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but the same, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. 
Why do we have spiritual gifts? So we can help each other. Who gives them? God. There's another layer to this. With a gift, there's a good chance it needs developed. You know, you may have been given something, you may have a gift, you may have a, but a lot of times it needs developed. And I think this is a tension that we have to live with, is there's times that you know you've been called to something, or there's times that you know you have a gift that you want to, be, want to use, but it not, might not be time to fully use that gift yet. That gift may need some work. I was thinking about this, man, when we started Press Church and you know, I was working on teaching, every week, oh, this was brutal, every week on Friday, I would stand in front of CR and Jason, we'd set up a video recorder, and I'd give my sermon to CR and Jason, just the two of them, CR and Jason, with a video camera. And then I would proceed to watch that video back and have them critique and give notes. That's painful. That is painful. I mean, if you've ever recorded yourself before and you heard yourself, you're like, do I really sound like that? Did I really say that? Does my voice sound that way? And then you see all your weird mannerisms and quirks and it's just like you're, you're just there to be seen and just all of your flaws and you're just like, I'm never getting in front of anybody again in my life. And that's how you feel. But yet in that process, in that developing, in that painful and just heart-wrenching time, I started developing things that God had put in me. I started developing things that God wanted me to use. And there's times that we have to go through that trial, that trudging of using our gifts and being uncomfortable and realizing we're not quite there yet, but it's not about being there. It's not about arriving. It's about being faithful with what you've been given. I found a, a quote and it says this, what you are is God's gift to you. What you become is your gift to God. How are you stewarding the gifts that God has given you? How are you taking the things that God has given you and going further with them? Think about, think about David when he killed Goliath. Was that the first time he'd ever had a sling in his hand? Was that the first time he had faced an obstacle? No, he fought the lion, he fought the bear, he protected his sheep. He was faithful in the areas that God has put him, or had put him. And for you, no matter where you are, you may be in a time that is really uncomfortable. You may be in a place that you don't understand, and you'd be saying, God, how am I actually using the gifts that you've given me? How am I actually being faithful right now? Because this is not where I want to be. I guarantee you, stay faithful. Stay in it. It's amazing how you can look back and be like, yeah, you know what, that really uncomfortable time in my life, okay, God, I see. I see how you're using it. But yet when we're in the middle of it, we don't like it. We don't see the value of it. We feel like it's a waste of time, but actually it's us developing. It's us preparing for what God has for us. I can tell you in years past, things that God brought me through that prepared me for this season of life that I'm in right now. And it had nothing to do with ministry work. But yet I can, I can look at it and say, that, me going through that helped prepare me for this stage of life that I'm in. And I thank you for that, God. 
So with gifts, and this is, you know, kind of my closing, my closing part, there's a very important element that we have to take into account when we're talking about gifts. If you look at other gifts in Scripture, in Romans 12 and in Ephesians 4, we see other lists, spiritual gifts lists. Um, and in the beginning of chapter 12, you can read some of the gifts. These are not exhaustive lists. I think part of the reason that we see some of these other lists is to show that there is other ways that God is equipping you and other gifts that God has given you. But the one thing that I think has really stood out to me in both the Romans passage, that Romans 12, and then here in 1 Corinthians, right after talking about gifts and unity, it talks about love. Right after, there's a big section on love. 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter. Go to a wedding, they're gonna have something from the love chapter, right? Talking about love. But it's so true. You can have all of these gifts, you can have these great things, but if you don't do them in love, it's worthless. It's pointless. You can be the greatest speaker, you can be the greatest whatever, you name it. I could come up here and just nail it and be like, oh, I get off the stage and be like, yeah, that was the greatest sermon ever. I'm awesome. And if I didn't do it in love, guess what? Pointless. Worthless. If we don't lens what we do out of love, there's no point. And so I'm gonna share a slide similar to what I shared earlier, but we are called to unity, not uniformity, expressed in love. Expressed in love. What gifts you have, are you expressing them in love? Because there's some things that I can do that I would think, oh, that, that would be good, and it may be for myself. That's the that's a, that's a terrible part about these gifts, is we can use them for ourselves. We can use them to make ourselves look better. We can use them to have attention and all these other things. But if we aren't doing them in love, they're worthless. There is something about you that is special. There is a gift that God has given you uniquely. And I'm gonna go back to that first slide, that you have been given a gift, and that gift is best used in community. I do not know what that gift is for you, but that is something that you should be seeking out, and you should be asking God, hey God, what have you put in me? Am I using it? Am I stewarding it? And lastly, am I using it in community in love? Am I building up the community around us with what God has given me? Or am I on the sidelines? Or am I pushing it away? Or am I saying, I don't want that? Let somebody else do that. And so just really practically speaking, I'm gonna, I'm gonna list four things. If you, if you want to struggle with knowing what some of your gifts are or struggle with knowing how to do that, I'm gonna give you just four really quick practical things to do. First, pray. Wow, I know, so crazy, right? Pray. Go to God, let him know. Say, hey God, what have you put in me? Or if you know some of the gifts God's put in you, God, how do you want me to use those? Start to pray. Second, search your heart in that. Search your heart. God, what, what are you telling me? Is this, is this for my own personal gain? Is this something that I just want? Or is it something that you want of me? Third, give volunteering a try. Get out of your comfort zone and do something. Maybe that's in the church setting. Maybe you're like, yeah, you know what? I, I really love children and I'm not 
doing anything with children right now. Go to Chrissy and say, I want to help in the children's ministry. We'll get you a background check, and we'll go and have you helping in a couple weeks. Do it. Maybe you're like, hey, I love people. Hey, we got a greeting team. We'd love to have you wave, welcome people in, show God's love. Maybe you feel uh, called to ministry in some way. Come to us. Let us know. Speak to the pastors. How can we help you develop the things that God has instilled in you? But do something. And lastly, this is important. Seek loving feedback. I'd almost even say be willing to take loving feedback. Now, this isn't just with anybody. Go to somebody trusted. But be willing to know that you don't know everything and you can have you know, some feedback. Every week, I've, I've got people who tell me, hey, you know what, I, th the way you said that in that sermon, probably shouldn't say it like that anymore. I have to take that and not, well, you, you do it. You know, if, if I get defensive, it's no good. I'm not gonna get better. Be willing to have somebody speak into your life that can give you tips to your gift or can help you you know, put those into use in the community around you. But be willing, and, and go to a trusted person. I'm not saying just go to anybody, but go to somebody who's, who's trusted that can speak into your life and be willing to listen to them, be willing to take that feedback. You have a gift, and that gift is best used in community. Let's pray. God, we thank you for all that you are doing. We thank you for your love for us, God. We thank you that we are fearfully and wonderfully made, even when we don't feel like it or don't understand exactly how that, how that works, God. But we thank you that you are a good God and you love us. And God, I pray that we would find our identity in you, not in what we do, God, but we do thank you, God, for the gifts that you've given us. And I pray that we would steward those as worship to you, God, as being beneficial to the community, as being loving to the community, God. God, we thank you for the ways that you are growing us, whether it be in an uncomfortable phase or not. We thank you for what you're doing, and we, we trust you with that. We put our faith in you. We put our hope in you, God. We love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen.